Welcome back. Final hour of the program. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Irish Heritage Community Center, or Cultural Center, I should say. But uh, whenever we talk about sponsors, I always love it when sponsors, uh, people that use our sponsors, get back to us. Uh, so I wanted to read you this real quick. It says, uh, hey, Bill, thanks for giving us the heads up about the Irish Heritage Center. What a beautiful old building. My fiance and I wanted to find a great place with history to get married in the spring, and they did have an opening. Corey is such a great guy, so honest and caring. Thank you. We'll send you an invite to the wedding that is from Trey and Alexa in Delafield. Uh, first of all, glad you found a place. Uh, congratulations on the wedding. But I, I, the, it's ICHC.net, the uh, Irish Cultural Heritage Center, ICHC.net. And you're right, Corey uh, Webster is the president over there and uh, just such a great guy. But it's it's just good to be able to kind of tell people, hey, this is here. It's a gem that's underutilized, and all they're doing is looking to make enough funds to keep the thing profitable uh, even though they're a not-for-profit, but to be able to run the place for years to come. Uh, the Irish Cultural Heritage Center, ICHC.net, ICHC.net, and go there and see for yourself, ICHC.net. Or you can even call Corey directly, uh, 414-345-8800, 414-345-8800. What a really cool place. There you go. Uh, oh, sp- we got... Uh, now, in, in nowhere near, in conjunction with, linked to, or has really anything to do with the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. Um, instead, uh, Ben, you got an update on the Irish dancers over in Ireland? Yeah, I don't know a good segue for that. but uh, There is no good segue to this. In wake of great. the alleged sex scandal that we had spoke about a couple weeks ago, two senior members of the big dancing body have quit in wake of said alleged sex scandal so okay that's where we're at today the big d dvd the the big dancing body the bdb i expect a defamation lawsuit to come but i guess it's not america so i don't know how how people in ireland get up on defamation because i feel like people here love it yeah it's great though uh dancers people flying above the ground with their feet barely tapping and judges and coaches and dance studios all throwing down for sex to trade for grades. And, oh, oh, the scandal. Oh, the shame of it all. But it makes for great pub talk on Fridays and Saturdays in Ireland. Love it. I actually, I sat down for lunch on Saturday, and there was a walleye on the menu. And I was interested in eating it. But I asked. Just to see? Well, I asked where it was from, and they said Michigan. So I said, okay, it's safe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, ask if you got to pay by the pound. Say, you know, is it just for the fish for one meal, or do I got to pay by the pound? Because if I got to pay by the pound, I'm out. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Apparently, people are stuffing all kinds of things up in there. Nobody needs that. So, uh, Packers fall yesterday to the to the Washington Commanders, twenty three twenty one is the final, and we're talking about it today. Mike Clements coming up here in about ten minutes. Stay tuned for that. Let's get back to the phone calls. Talk to our buddy Jay, listening to us in Shano. Jay, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill. First of all, thanks for uh, taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh, Watching the game yesterday, I I have a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Uh, As far as receivers go, uh, we lost Devontae Adams. We also lost MVS, which is another one, you know, uh, that we forget. Targets. I mean, I feel like this team is not going to turn it around. 
until we get some decent receivers. Because right now we've got uh, running backs that are doubling as receivers, and I just don't see that. And I see more coverage with that. That is my first point. And then my second point is uh, on fourth and one yesterday, why is it A-Rod goes to the shotgun all the time and doesn't run the ball straight up the gut on him? I don't understand that when it's I don't so easy with your power running backs. I, that, that I've been asking that for a long time. It's now becoming a national thing where people are questioning, why are you in shotgun all the time? On a third and one and fourth and one with A.J. Dillon lined up in the backfield, why in the hell are you in shotgun passing the football? Don't know. I think it's the dumbest-ass thing, and yet they continually do it. I don't agree with it, and you and I are on the same page in that, and they will never, ever honestly answer that question. Never. It's Red China. That's all they care about. They don't give a damn about you. They don't give a damn about me. All they want to do is say, we're doing what we believe is right, and that's all. You just accept it and walk away. When we can all see, it sucks. Well, you're you're starting back further than where the first down marker is. Why would you want to back yourself up? That's what I can't understand. I, I I agree with you. I don't understand it. When you've got at least, look, if you're going to throw the ball, at least give a look. It, and, and Aaron Rodgers, when he does it, is one of the best at it. He, he When he does play action and he can fake handoff, he does it almost better than anybody. And he can draw a defense or freeze a defense for a moment to believe that you're running the ball up the gut. At least throw that option out there. They don't even they don't even do that. They do a quick little fake like yeah. it's 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 part of the act. You know, it's kind of like a, a bad magician. You know, don't watch my hand over here while he's waving it at you. You know, oh, I'm going to fake handoff. Oh, and then I'm going to throw it. Everybody knows it's coming. It's, it's, you know, they don't do anything different. There's no creativity for uh, an offense that's supposedly so creative. It has become stagnant and stale and predictable. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of energy, you know, and I think, I think they need to get that energy, and it's just like, but I'm kind of with you, though, when they go, oh, we got to look at the tape. Okay, we're over it. You know, we got we to gotta do something here. We got to move forward with receivers, or we're not going to turn this around. We may as well just hang it up. Um, what are your thoughts on the receivers? Um, where do you think they should go get? Oh, well, I know last week we were talking about Chase Claypool, if he's available. I mean, there's a couple of guys out there you'd like to see if they were on the on the block that you maybe could go get. I, You know, we, we talked about uh, the receiver out in Seattle as well. Um, I got it for whatever reason. His name escapes me. Ben, help me out here. Who was who were we talking about last DK week? DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Thank you very much. He got hurt yesterday as well. He so. did get hurt, but I just there's some guys that have that possibility. Maybe uh, you know I know where they were, we were talking about possibly continuing the raid on the Carolina Panthers. You know, empty cupboard, so to speak. But they don't want to make a deal. So at least they say they don't want to make a deal. And what's it going to cost you in the long run? I guess I guess that, but. Uh, you know, do something rather than nothing, because what you have right now is nothing. 
you have maybe three to four more wins in you with this team the way it is right now. Otherwise, you're just scrap this season. You're not going to the postseason. Start prepping for next year. Get the early on commitment from the quarterback. And if he's going to be wishy-washy, talk, talk to you later. You can't do this anymore. you got to know what you have going into next season. Either restructure or cut guys and say this is going to be our game plan moving forward in the last remaining year or two with Aaron Rodgers. You're either going for it and you're being smart about it or just get the hell out of it and begin your rebuild. Yeah, I think we uh, we, we got to do something here where it's just it, it just looks awful, and I, I don't and I see Rogers getting frustrated. I mean, you could you yeah. could kind of understand what he was saying yesterday if you if you watch close. Oh yeah, know, it, he, it he made like it easy to the world. He said, over. "What the f are we doing?" Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I agree with you, man. Appreciate the phone call. He said to, to the world, "What the f are we doing?" And he was looking right at Matt Lafleur. What the f are we doing? What you know? What what is this play call? You know now. I I'm guess sure that's a little. I wish I had the answer there. Yeah, right. I agree with you. Thanks for chiming in. Always listening to the program, by the way. Um, and and what that is should give those of you that say who's calling the plays, Rogers or Lafleur. That should also give you an indication he's running what Matt Lafleur is calling. He said it kind of in back-to-back weeks now, saying, hey, I, I'm not calling the plays, but I like the calls, backing up his coach. But he's, he's letting the world know, I'm not calling the plays. He's, he's, you know, I love the fact that when they asked him yesterday, his comments about, you're a GD right. Do I think that we have the ability to, to, to win games? You're, you're GD right, I, I believe that. That's what he said, and then went on from there, talking about how this Buffalo game could be the best for them. I love the passion. I love the fact that he's not quitting. He's, he, his, his resolve becomes stronger, but the criticism is getting loud. I mean, louder by the moment. And, I, you know, that's why I said, you know, if, if, if you're going to throw some money down, are you going to throw it on the Packers? Or are you going to throw it on the Buffalo Bills if you don't have any belief in this team? I, I almost am tempted to throw money down on the Packers. Just for the fact that I... I if they're going to take the attitude of the leader of this team, now he's not the Tom Brady screaming and yelling in your face guy, right? But at least he's putting an emphatic stamp on it. Matt LaFleur literally asked yesterday, what are you going to do? What do you need to work on? And his answer was, I don't know. You're the head coach of this team. What do you mean you don't know? That's embarrassing. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to hit us up? Feel free to go ahead and do so. Um, Ken says uh, I sent the following a couple of weeks ago, but I sent it to the wrong ad- address. The last two years were wasted opportunities. Every chip should have been placed to the center of the table for a championship, but it wasn't. Last year's draft is a complete bust. We have a coach that inherited a turnkey team and a GM who was a joke to follow up Wolf and Thompson. Didn't know that Rogers spearheaded the re-signing of Bakhtiari uh, because Gudikin said uh, he's the best left tackle in the league, having three knee surgeries. I knew the guy uh, that big, uh, that big and heavy was done. How did the team doctors not know that? This team is a mess right now. It's not all Rogers' fault. No, I, I think what you do when it came to the re-signing of David Bakhtiari, 
he was, at the time he signed, the best left tackle in the league. And everybody said it. It wasn't just the Packers or Rodgers. Everybody said it. There was always a policy in Green Bay that Ted Thompson had that you really did not get a third contract. You got your rookie deal and then the next one. That was it. Because in football, much like, uh, you know, widgets, drill bits, whatever you want to talk about, the the shelf life is only so long and then that's it. You're going to find some guys that are going to go a little bit beyond the shelf life. Sure. But not many. And Bakhtiari appeared to be a guy that was, he was ripe for a contract, man. And then the knee injury happened, which it's so bizarre because the knee injury happened in practice. It didn't even happen in a game. It happened on New Year's Eve on a practice. And he has never recovered from it. It's always been some kind of problematic thing. You hope that he's back this week, but we don't know what's going on. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. It's going to be the first time he's going to be talking about it. But I, I'm not going to say everything's a bust. I'm not going to throw that out there. But I think you got to look at a lot of different things. What has and has not worked, of course, you know. Um, let's do this. We're going to break. We're going to come back. Mike Clements is going to join us. I, I will read this email real quick because it goes into what we were, one of our great sponsors. It says, Unit, there's not enough wine from Forgotten Fire Winery to make me forget about yesterday. This Packers team is just bad. I blame it on the floor. He's full of crap. Red China on a daily basis. I'm sick of him and his milk toast excuses. And that is from Frank. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the milk toast excuses. I'm going to talk about Forgotten Fire Winery. Uh, you're right. There's not enough wine to make you forget about what you witnessed yesterday. But at least it would make the loss more enjoyable if you're enjoying good wine. Or if just if you're enjoying wine the way they want you to enjoy it. However it is, you want to enjoy it. That's our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. They're in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. You go up there, you ask for the Bill Michaels, free wine tasting. They give you all of that. Pick out your bottles and all that kind of stuff. You're good to go. Otherwise, you can ask for it by name in your local grocery stores, liquor stores, wine stores, but good people, whether it's their ciders, their Shiraz, their Pinot Grigio, whatever it happens to be. The award-winning Merlot. You can drink with the pinky out if you want to, but they hope you don't. Just enjoy it. That's what they're all about. Fun in a bottle is their motto. ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. Mike Clemens joins us next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If they get a first down, the game's essentially over. Green Bay's now out of timeouts. Play of the game right now. Heineke hit as he throws, launches, it is caught! Terry McLaurin holds on! Yeah, man, that's it's cool. You know, Scott believes in me, and, and that means a lot to me. And when I see Terry out there one on one, you pay that guy a lot of money, right? So let's give him a chance. Um, and uh, he, he did a great job all, all game. He had, a, I think, two or three huge third down conversions in the second half, and uh, you can just tell. You know, there's a reason why we paid this guy. He's a, he's a really good player. He said he knew as soon as the play call came that it was coming to him. Did you know that too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We are commanders. <laughs> Welcome back to the program. This portion of the program, Mike Clements, brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field. Perfect for a family stay in the Bay Family Restaurant. Homestyle cooking. They've got it. Seven 
days a week. And at the Bay Motel on uh, South Military Avenue right there in Green Bay, like I said, only a mile away from Lambeau Field. Call them today for reservations, uh, 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or go online to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. Mike, uh, it's been a eventful day. Not an eventful, but a eventful day here on the program, and uh, in many areas, rightfully so, but... The Commanders just, I, I didn't, I, I chalked this one up as a win at the beginning of the season for the Packers, and I don't know what game they're going to win now. Maybe maybe the Lions, that's about it. And One of the things I want to talk about here is just the difference in the atmosphere in some of these locker rooms we've covered now in these last couple of games. And let's talk to this, you know, receiver Terry McLaurin. Now, Maybe there was like 30 plays where he was going out for a pass and Jair Alexander was on him. And Jair did a pretty good job of covering, right? And you saw Jair a couple of times kind of get his hand on the ball. Maybe well, there should have been a time or two where he actually picked it off as Taylor Heineke was trying to find his rhythm. But in the clutch, in the clutch, Taylor Heineke connecting with Terry McLaurin and that key play you just heard down, but just a minute about the 210 left to play in the game, third down on the right-hand sideline, and he beats Jair and he grabs that ball and you know moves the chains and keeps Aaron Rodgers off the field from you know a miracle comeback. And so Terry talked about how the Commanders converted on those third down plays, those key and and kept uh, Green Bay off the field. I think this was one of those games where third downs, big plays. They were the, I think they were the, like the f- number one team in the league on third down. You know what I mean? And they're great in the red zone, have a great pass rush, so they have a great defense. And for us to be able to move the ball and have success, I think that gives us a lot of confidence and tells us that you know the things that we're doing are having success. We just got to sustain that and and not shoot ourselves in the foot. Mike, um, I, I, they just made plays. I mean, they extended plays. They you know, when it comes to the time of possession, they beat the Packers in that regard. Packers defensively didn't play terrible, but Packers offense, when you just keep giving the ball back and giving even a bad offense or what's considered to be a bad offense, there's so many more cracks at getting into the end zone. They're eventually going to do it, and your defense is going to, you know, kind of wind down, so to speak. And, boy, I tell you what, some of the drives they put together just dominated the Packers. And, you know, the time before that the Packers have played this Washington team, I've been impressed by McLaren and, you know, him finding the ball in the end zone, the routes that he runs. He's now already 27 years old. He came out of the Ohio State. You remember that, right? Mm-hmm, right. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Um, he went in the third round in the 2019 draft, you know, LaFleur's first year as the, as the new head coach. Do you know who went immediately before him in that draft? Was that the Jay Sternberger draft? Yes. As a matter of fact, Jay Sternberger put on Twitter last night after he caught that ball, the Packers should have taken Terry McLaurin <laughs> at 75. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. He even admitted, because he's, he's sitting at home right now. He's unemployed. Right. You know, Jay Sternberger was this kid that they brought him from Texas A&M, and Goody said during the draft, yeah, he's going to be kind of a project. He's a little undersized, uh, you know, but we think he's got great hands, and you know, they thought he was going to be some sort of great catching tight end, and he just he kept on getting hurt, and he hasn't lasted. He's been around two or three teams now and all that. Yeah, the, the Packers could have had this guy yesterday who, to me, you know, is such a pro, and he talked about how his team 
extended those offensive drives and dominated the time of possession against Green Bay. Um, I definitely think uh, we had to grind out in a lot of situations to either score points or get first downs or extend the drive, and I think we did that when we needed to. Like I said, if you want to be a, you know, a, a team that's winning and winning consistently, you have to be able to make those plays. And yet another quarterback, a guy like Taylor Heineke, who admires Aaron Rodgers so much, gets to meet at midfield, only to have Aaron Rodgers say, nice game, and Heineke, just like every other one, gets to say, oh, yeah, you too, and we beat you. Yeah, and Heineke talked about what it meant to him personally to beat the Green Bay Packers, the team that he grew up watching. Oh, it's amazing. Again, I grew up watching these these guys. Um, my dad was born from Wisconsin, and so when the moment I was born, I was deemed a cheesehead and grew up watching Brett Favre, and that's the whole reason I started playing ball. Um, grew up watching Aaron Rodgers do his thing, and one of my last fond memories of my father is watching the Super Bowl when you know, the Packers beat the Steelers and Aaron Rodgers did his thing. So to, to come out here today and, and, and beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers on our field, uh, it means a lot to me. Yeah, and his dad uh, has passed since, so it probably would have been a really uh, special moment to, for his dad to watch his son knock off the Packers, even though his, his dad was a cheesehead. Yeah, and, you know, it's just, with, with you with this team, they're just talking about how much, this kid's talking about how it means to him, the meaning to win. It's not just another weekend or another W. There's all these other kinds of stories, and, and this team that has struggled, in Washington, you know, coming in two and four, and uh, there's a fair share of, uh, of injuries, not to mention the whole Daniel Snyder thing. And he was asked, hey, he was not going to let, you know, the equipment manager take that number four jersey. That one is going game-worn, under the glass, under a frame. He says, I'm, I'm going to keep the jersey. Um, yeah, I kept my jersey, for sure. Um, you know, beating the Packers, that's something I need to frame. Um, and he's... Uh, He's up there right now drinking a beer, having a good time. So I know he'd be proud of me, and um, you know, this one was for him for sure. In the meantime, the Packers' defense, like I said, they didn't play bad. They just you know, didn't play well enough to win. They couldn't stop at key moments. Uh, Taylor Heineke playing for Carson Wentz did a, a solid job. It made some big throws in this game. A lot of things that you know, the Packers just couldn't do. Yeah, but you know, the kid also threw the pick six, too. The Devondre Campbell picked off yeah. and took back 63 yards. And you saw Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines slap Matt LaFleur in the chest. LaFleur's like, who the hell did that? And he turns around and sees it's Rodgers. And Rodgers is like, you know, hey, hey, what are you going to do, man? It's me. But it was almost like Rodgers was saying, hey, look, man, we're going to win this one today. Look, even the defense is scoring. Well, you know, that was short-lived. But yep. Joe Barry had, had, had time in Washington. He knew about the passionate uh, Taylor Heineke. And even Kenny Clark talked about it after the loss. Uh, yeah, got a lot of respect for him. Um, uh, he's just the ultimate, ultimate competitor. Um, you know, he, he brings it, and um, you know, you, you can only, you can only respect that. Uh, he made some, he made some um, great plays. Uh, he led that team, and he led them to a win. Um, and when they started, starting quarterback was down, and uh, taps off to him. You know, he deserved a lot of credit for what he did today. You know, Mike, it's funny because after the pick six, I even thought to myself, they're going to win this game. They're probably going to win it going away. This, and I started, to, I started to tweet it. I was writing it out about putting the train back on the tracks. You need one of these games. And then I thought, you know what? All season long, their second halves have sucked. So I deleted it. Thank God I did. 
Because otherwise I look like a magnanimous idiot at this point for not taking my own advice and wait to the very end. Right. In the meantime, that, that defense was on the field all day because the offense, whether it was penalties, drop passes, three and outs, they couldn't get out of their own damn way. Right. And, you know, I mean, Washington had 37 minutes to the Packers just under 22 minutes or a little over 22 minutes time of possession. And, and Bill, I'm talking about looking for a pulse here. I'm talking about is there one guy over here that's actually – ticked off in his visitor's locker room. And, you know, they lost for Sean Gary, their top pass rusher, the concussion, friendly fire, helmet to helmet. So you go up to Preston Smith. This is the day. You know, they're short at outside linebacker. They had Jonathan Garvin as a, as a healthy scratch because they're putting in J.J. and then Bari back there. They, mm-hmm. They're starting to miss Zedarius. I mean, really, I don't know if they could afford him. They're starting to miss Zedarius Smith. So you ask Preston about, yeah, what about that? time of possession man and getting off the field um i just think we kind of really don't focus on time of possession we just gotta go out we just focus on making plays and make sure we do whatever it takes to get our offense back the ball and get off the field out there playing on long drives and and we helping create an advantage for our team yesterday we wanted to see him play a little more man they did unfortunately uh jair for as good as he was uh and as much as he was hitting yesterday uh, he had the big one over the shoulder to McLaren, which was a perfect pass. I mean, not easily defendable by any stretch, but uh, not a, in one of those moments, man, it's, it's starting to slip away. So Jair Alexander's got the swagger, and there was a lot of good plays that he made. But, you know, he's a team leader, and he's an under-contract guy, and he's now being your veteran leader, and he's also a guy that's, you know, gone back and forth on injuries, a severe shoulder injury last year and listen to what he said about okay you just lost three in a row and now you got to play the bills as is the season slipping away i mean is there if you got any panic is there is there any urgency here you know how can you play better jair alexander just got to lean on my craft you know i think uh you know there's not there's not much panic in, in my eyes or in my voice you know you know every dog had a day you know, <laughs> I'm still the best. Like, I already know that. So, um, I just think you got to lean on your craft. In times like this, you got to lean on the hard work that got you here. Mercedes Lewis said that earlier, so that was perfect. Interesting comment uh, and brought to by, uh, brought by a veteran. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back more with Mike Clemens uh, talking about uh, the Packers' loss yesterday. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. Not only is it Kane and Kane, K-O-E-H-N, Kane Jewelers, you can also find them on the Buy Like a Guy podcast. Uh, B-U-Y, Buy Like a Guy podcast. Andy does some great stuff on the Buy Like a Guy podcast, man. Really fun stuff. And it's that time of year when you start talking about holidays and rings and earrings and necklaces and everything else. The Buy Like a Guy podcast from our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. They are worth the drive. More with Mike Clemens coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Samuel makes a move for the first down and more. 
He got past Rasul Douglas, and then Eric Stokes shoved him, and then a late penalty marker is thrown. We had some uncharacteristic mistakes, a lot of penalties, and put us in some bad situations. It took away and negated some some big time plays, but it is what it is, and you know you got to give Washington a lot of credit. Welcome back to the program. Mike Clem is joining us. Don't forget about our friends over at Growth Law Firm, uh, G-R-O-T-H, Growth Law Firm. Uh, go to growth, growthlawfirm.com, protecting bikers' rights in the state of Wisconsin. And been doing it for a long time and voted one of the top 20 best in the country. G-R-O-T-H, growthlawfirm.com. That is growthlawfirm.com. And we go back to our uh, our good friend Mike Clemens. Who is on board? And Mike, um, again, you know, you listen to you know some of the things that are coming out of the locker room after the fact, and the fact that the the Packers just did not commit again to the run. They, you know, keep talking about the, what they need to do and the, the attention to detail and such. And there's just so much that's just missing out of this offense. Nothing dynamic. And what makes us think at this point that there's any ability to turn this thing around? You know. I don't know, because uh, Aaron Jones, as you know, because uh, you've interviewed him several times, is just the most positive person you can name. And he was asked last night, um, what makes him think that Green Bay, after you know, these last three games, uh, where you just can't put points up, um, what makes you think that you can turn this thing around? Uh, I mean, we're still confident. We, we uh, This is supposed to be one of the best defensive fronts, and we, I think we... Uh, they did a good job of leaning on them, and we ran the ball pretty well. So um, it's confidence for them, and they played way better than last week, you know. So uh, that's confidence for all of us. And we know we have the, the people we need in this room, the talent, um, and I'm confident in them, so we'll get it figured out. There has got to be a level of frustration. I saw yesterday, Mike, obviously, and the world saw, when Mike, or, uh, Mike, when Aaron Rodgers looked at Matt LaFleur and said, what the F are we doing? Yeah, you know, I, th- there's got to be a level of frustration here right now. There was a moment at, with nine minutes left in the game when Washington got another first down, and and I saw up in the monitor uh, Rogers kind of rolling his eyes, and I I just typed in Twitter right there. I said Rogers thinks it's over, <laughs> and he still had a chance with the ball in his hand, you know, mm-hmm. to try and make a hail mary, and they ended up doing that you know crazy scramble play, but no, you know, Montez Sweat. And Jonathan Allen and Darren Payne and James Smith-Williams, that's all they needed to keep your offensive line occupied. And for the third week in a row, actually the fourth week in a row, if you consider what Belichick did to these guys with a third-string quarterback, it's just, you know, there's enough pressure on the offensive line, uh, and then you drop seven or so, and Aaron Rodgers can't find anybody. Aaron Jones, you know, he got eight carries with the football. The rest were as a receiver. You know, he had two touchdowns as a receiver. Now, he said he was okay with that as long as he got the 17 touches. A lot of us still think, though, there's something about beating it out of your opponent, you know, and and Mm -hmm. giving your offensive line a break because pass protection is an awful lot tougher than being aggressive uh, as an offensive line. And where was A.J. Dillon? It's almost like he didn't make the trip or something in part right. of that game. So you asked Aaron Jones about what's the most frustrating part about losing the teams that were supposed to be losers like the Giants and the Jets, you know, instead of becoming their slump busters and now building confidence for the Washington Commanders. 
just losing to teams that we feel like we're better than and they come out and beat us. So it's unfamiliar territory for us, especially under Coach LaFleur. So we just got to keep putting our heads down, working. I feel like we got to take advantage of these opportunities, uh, and we didn't. I, uh, Mike, and I, I understand that, you know, there's – the level of frustration they can keep talking about well things they make need to need to fix and i i just go back to it's got to be attention to detail you know you 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 got you know you 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 know Sammy Watkins Lazard all these guys keep getting banged up Watson Cobb you know i this we saw this coming but still guys are missing blocks guys are dropping passes you know it, it's just the little things they're not doing regardless if you got Amari Rogers muffing another punt Regardless if, uh, you know, your defense is on the field too long and they're wearing down and uh, they're exhausted, giving up uh, too many plays or third downs, uh, the real problem through this last month has been offensive line. And uh, we started talking about this as an issue last week. A week ago today, John Runyon said, all right, look, we've been having trouble with stunts. With the current lineup of guys we've got, the way we're playing it, teams are stunting on us, started with the Vikings, and we're not picking it up. You know, somebody wasn't picking it up. Royce Newman, somebody wasn't picking it up. So if you crisscross a defensive end and tackle, uh, someone's getting through and they're not going to pick it up. But there was one play yesterday, that, and then the, then the whole David Bakhtiari st- uh, timeline, where, you know, remember they said in September, okay, Bakhtiari's back in the field, we're going to get him in games, but he's only going to practice every other day. Well, he's not been practicing three days a week, limited, not in the team, for like two weeks now, and he was, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week, and then something happens with his knee to where yesterday morning the trainers are out there with him in the field, and they scratch him say, you know, you're not going. We don't know exactly what the details are, but it's obviously a problem with the knee. Rogers said after the game, we didn't find out until, you know, we got here at the stadium that David wasn't going to go. But Zach Tom, now that's the kid I told you about during training camp that looked really good early in camp, uh, pass protection against Rashawn Gary. And so that was the secret weapon. They moved him to left tackle, and they reshuffled the line. They, they were looking for ways to get Yash Nyman on the field, and Yash talked to us Friday, and he had a big grin on his face. So you knew something was up with the offensive line. But, the, you know, the new plan is Zach Tom will be the David Bakhtiari backup, not Yash Nyman. Let's get him on the field. Let's get Elton Jenkins, who's still dealing, coming off an ACL. That's not the real Elton Jenkins out there, okay? Let's just let's remember that. That's half of the man that you had for those first two or three years. So he still needs time to, to come back. It's, he's not even his one-year anniversary. It's November of a torn ACL. He's back at left guard, and uh, you move Runyon over to right guard. Those guys are getting used to that position. There was one play, though, that was killer. Do you remember one play where Aaron Jones is running around in the backfield like a, you know, like mm-hmm. a Three Stooges right. movie? And he gets he get, he get lost for uh, two yards. I went over that one last night. So uh, you got Elton Jenkins, a left guard, and there's a defensive tackle right on him, and Elton runs goes past him to go grab a linebacker. Nobody stops this guy. There, and you know it's it's shotgun. Aaron Jones is off to the right in the pistol, and he's going to run to the left, and he runs into a big bunch of crowd there, so he's going to do the cutback. There's that tackle. And then on the right side, you got Yash Schneiman, a right tackle. He's got a defensive end on his outside right shoulder. He totally ignores him. He turns left, goes down the middle of the field looking for a linebacker, and this defensive end goes untouched. So you've got these two guys in the backfield, 
Jones is trying to cut back. He's got nowhere to go. He get, loses five yards. This is the kind of stuff like, how do you explain this? I, you know, right. if I'm Luke Buckus, I'm a little nervous. And when Aaron Rodgers talks about these kinds of problems where you're missing Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins is on a pitch count right now and Watson is gone and Cobb is on IR and all that, this is what Aaron Rodgers is talking about. A lot of mental errors. Now, we had some issues with guys getting hurt. Allen got banged up, and Sammy's was trying. We we're trying to keep Sammy to 20 and 25 plays. But, but, yeah, we just made some silly execution mistakes. You know, we didn't run the ball particularly well. Uh, didn't catch it particularly well. And I didn't really move a whole lot to extend plays until that last drive. You know, I talked about simplification last week. I don't really know where to go when it comes to that. There has to be, you know, something inside that has an accountability for performance where we're just having way too many detailed mistakes. It's just not winning football. That is, Mike, uh, at some point, doesn't that fall back on coaching? I mean, there's an accountability to it. You can lose your job over it, don't get me wrong. But doesn't that come back to coaching? I think it comes back to coaching. I think it comes back to the plan for the roster. You know, really, yeah. You know, maybe you know you you you, uh, you know you thought, well, look, this Watson kid could be really good, and this could be work, and hey, we'll get Sammy Watkins, you know, and we still got Randall Cobb here, and you know. and you know what? It's not like Jawan Winfrey is running onto the field and saving the day, you know, <laughs> right. or somebody yeah, from the exactly. practice squad. You know, they had Samari Tori in there yesterday, first time active. I mean, the, you know, they're making it up. They're making it up. The, the problem with this, Bill, is these teams that you're beating, that's where their rosters are at. They're be, th- these teams are beating you with second- and third-string roster guys. You look at the injury list, and there's 14 injured guys on the other side, maybe five or six in Green Bay. You're, this is still a pretty healthy Green Bay team. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And then it's defensively. Yep. Ron Rivera, running, and people keep talking about the two-shell defense, and that's what they, they drop two safeties and they cover a whole wide area, but they take away the deep ball. And and then this with this four strong guys, all they had to use is four guys. They didn't even – they only hit Rodgers once. They just kept him – his clock going. And here's what Ron Rivera talked about how it worked. Well, I think one thing is we've been able to limit the explosives. You know, that's something that has been haunting us a little bit. But, I, again, I do think the pass rush, you know, um, Aaron did some good things, got the ball out quick, but we were we were there. And, and when you force a guy of his ability to throw the ball quicker than he really wants to, I think that helps you on defense. I thought our guys were, were, were handling the run pretty well. You know, they, they, they're a terrific running football team, and to be able to slow that down says a lot about what we did on defense. 11 drops, though, out of the Packers wide receiving core over the last two weeks, Mike. 11 drops, balls that actually hit them in the hands. Yeah, but what's the deal with Aaron Rodgers? It seems to me, well, I mean, Dobbs dropped a couple, but it seems there's, there's an awful lot of times, oh, well, Lazard dropped one uh, on the slant in the first one of the opening drives. It would have been for a third down if you come in the side. Dobbs had a bad drop. Dobbs also ran a bad route. They ran the textbook, the old, you know, Aaron Rodgers uh, play-action fake bootleg hit Jordy Nelson on the post, okay? Yeah. So they ran that to Romeo, who beat his man. He was ahead of a safety, and there was a corner way off to the side. The problem is he didn't run a post. He just kept on going down the middle of the field. You see Aaron Rodgers roll out, fake to Aaron Jones, roll out to his left, plant at the numbers. There's one guy in pressure. He launches the ball. He throws the ball 53 yards in the air with that sore thumb, and it lands right on the numbers. 
And where's Dobbs? He's running down the right hash mark. Wrong place. Now, this Dobbs kid, though, you know, he does not have the gift of gab of Donald Driver, but he's got the same heart. And somehow this kid's going to pull through. And he talked about he knows that right now this young man, only seven games into his NFL career, there's a lot for him to carry on his shoulders with Lazard out with an injury. It's bound to happen as football players. You're going to come across things you not you may fear coming across. I mean, that's just the way how this game is built. So things will start to click, uh, regardless of how old or young the room is. Um, and again, I mean, this was just another it was just another one of those games where you can just figure out ways to learn from it and just be a better player moving forward. So. Uh, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, wrap things up with Mike Clemens. Don't forget about our friends over there at uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Coming up on November 12th, they're going to run a meat raffle that day, and it benefits the uh, Badgerland Ski Team. So if you're going to be out and about and you want to stop over and have a good time, good food, but also maybe walk away with uh, some bourbon raffles, a bucket raffle, silent auction, and a meat raffle that day, Saturday, November 12th, stop into Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. More of the Bill Michael Show wrapping it up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Our guys are extremely disappointed. Uh, I don't think anybody thought we'd be in the spot that we're in right now. And we're going to find out what we're made of in terms of just how we attack Monday, how we attack Tuesday, Wednesday, and every day in practice. I do believe that we've got the right kind of guys that will continue to battle. Welcome back. Mike Clemens joining us. And uh, things just uh, not good right now for the uh, Green Bay Packers. But is there a chance that the Packers could turn it around. Mike, uh, I know that uh, Aaron Rodgers does not, uh, as opposed to listening to Tom Brady and his postgame presser, at least Aaron Rodgers sounds fired up. Yeah, exactly. At least you're getting some motivation from somewhere. I don't know. I'll mention you talked about should the Packers go after a trade guy. Remember the 49ers did a couple of years ago, and actually the Packers thought that they were in a, they were had Packers said they had the same thing. Well, we just need one more receiver to go with Devontae Adams. And they, you know, there was that race to get Emmanuel Sanders, but that didn't make any difference for the 49ers, mm-hmm. you know, winning a Super Bowl at least that year. But, um, yeah, it, this, was this, this was the moment. And there was that time in 2016 where, ironically, the Packers had just lost to in Washington, and they had fallen to four and six, and they had some injuries. And you wondered, uh, is this over with? This is 2016. And that's when Rodgers, you know, the next time he was at his locker, says, I don't know. I still think, you know, we're getting some guys back. We could still run the table here. So is that still here? And Pete Doherty is a guy who someday, as a you know, senior reporter, will someday be voting for Aaron Rodgers to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And so he was saying to Rodgers, is there any chance you see another one of those run the table or relax moments? When you said uh, run the table a few years ago, that seemed really plausible. I'm wondering if that feels not really the table, but riding the ship and getting the playoffs, does that feel plausible right now? Goddamn right it does. I'm not I'm not worried about this squad. In fact, this might be the best thing for us. Uh, this week, you know, nobody's gonna give us a chance. Going to Buffalo on Sunday night football, the chance to get exposed, shoot. Might be the best thing for us. 
We certainly hope. Uh, they're ten and a half point underdogs as of right now, and it seems like the world's betting on Buffalo to uh, win by more than that. So, Mike, uh, <laughs> I say this is it. If you go in and you play really, really well, God forbid you get a win, but if you get a win, you put the train back on the tracks. If you get beat and beat badly, it's over. I, I don't see them recovering from any of this. Well, you know, there's still a lot of good things in terms of the personnel of this defense, but, man, hey, guess what? Bill, this is the first time you faced a quarterback in a month. I mean, it's not the second-string right. guy. It's not Daniel Jones and all that. You know, it's not since you played Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson that you got Josh Allen and his receiver core at home up there in Buffalo. This is going to be a different story for the defense. Yeah, no doubt. My good stuff as always, and we'll chat later in the week, pal, okay? Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely. Hey, coming up tomorrow on the program, uh, Matt LaFleur does not speak until later today, so we're going to hear that coming up tomorrow on the program. We'll react to what he has to say. A lot of questions about this team, and also we'll find out more. Uh, about David Bakhtiari. Tom Oates is going to join us tomorrow, too. We'll talk a little Badger football. They have a bye week coming up. We'll talk some Packer football as well. And I got to ask Brewers fans, you know, during the season, I kept saying, you know, over some of those losses, ah, long season. Now you look at a team like Philadelphia. They came in as a, a wild card. And damn, if they're not off to the World Series. Oh, what could have been. We'll talk a lot more Packers tomorrow, too, on the program. Bucks off to an undefeated start so far. We've got a lot going on. Till then, though, time for us to get out of here. Have a good one. Woo! The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.